today we'll look at the CCP propaganda machine how more and more they influence if not outright buy their way onto platforms like Twitter Facebook and LinkedIn happy Easter everyone everybody happy Easter hope everybody uh, is enjoying their day and trying to make the best best out of the nonsense um, that goes on around them in the world and speaking of nonsense uh, we're going to go down them a few different paths with this um, for example there was a uh, out of the capital incident that happened a couple days ago um, car ramming at the Capitol and, and whatnot. A guy was killed. A cop was killed. Uh, the narrative was spun up initially to to uh, proclaim who the person was and, and what that person was all about. And in trying to... And then later, uh, there was a host of uh, propagandists that were out there, particularly from the... of the Chinese persuasion that were uh, trying to stoke... Uh, Stoke this is a uh, was the situation was uh, triggered by Trump, uh, Trump, uh, I guess you say supporters and whatnot. So I'm going to get into it by letting uh, letting a couple people speak and then we'll go from there. So earlier this week, I spoke about the idea that a lot of the people you interact with online, especially if they're pushing these very forward left leaning political ideologies, turn out to be fake accounts. Whether they're a bot account or a manufactured person or even a troll account that's just there to make you upset about things, it's insane to me because if you paid attention today, you actually saw a Chinese propaganda account get activated, begin pushing these very far left-leaning ideologies, get called out for being a Chinese propaganda account, then delete itself. And it's nuts because not only do we have proof that this exists, it's actually being endorsed 
by Twitter itself because you saw this instance right here where the tragedy that happened at the U.S. Capitol complex where one police officer unfortunately lost their life where a car rammed into them and then they returned. Okay, so I'm not going too far into that because this is a very PG-13 channel, but I'm going into the idea that this incident happened and nobody really knew about who the perpetrator was and what the political ideologies of that person were. And you saw this account called Dr. Gialun say that Trump insurrectionists are attacking the Capitol again. Multiple reports that two Capitol police have been shot, which was not none of this right here is, is the truth. But the idea that you had this Twitter verified blue checkmark account by Dr. Gialun. It was up there. If you look at the account right now, it's been scrubbed clean and deleted. Yes, they have 282 followers now, but that's since this started gaining steam and people are talking about the idea that this was a fake account. But Elijah Schaefer took a screenshot, and I saw this myself when this was going on, of this guy named Dr. Gialan. He said, stated that he's a medical doctor, molecular biologist, computer scientist, and the views are their own, and he's not endorsing things by retweets and says, hashtag stop Asian hate. But they just joined March 2021 and only had a 86 followers at the time of them chiming in on what's happening over here, which is misinformation and propaganda. So looking at what this, what people were starting to become skeptical of this person, Dr. Chen Jilin, where they had a link to their, to their link tree, which is now disabled links, uh, link tiny.cc. So when you looked at his LinkedIn account, it had his his uh, whole biography of him being a medical assistant at the Santa Cruz Hospital, the San Francisco Bay Area. And what's very interesting is in the about section, it's five years experiences in business quantitative analysis, four years experience in statistical programming, uh, three years leadership experience in student organizations and excellent written verbal communication skills in English and Mandarin. Seems like a regular guy or a real person. And, you know, if he's from this area, he likely will be super liberal and Democrat, so it would make sense that you push those ideologies. But when you compare this account to the account of Lei Zhang from a Yale University MS student in biostatistics over at UCSB, nothing to do with what this guy is talking about, he's from Santa Cruz, you see that the entire biography, down to the typo of five years experiences in business quantitative analysis, five years, years experiences in business quantitative analysis, they just copied and pasted somebody else's account, if this person's a real person, I don't know, but the idea that they copied and pasted a different account from LinkedIn to make this person look more real so they can interact with people online. And then when you look through their account, they have them retweeting something about the uh, Capitol attack and then their apology for getting the idea that it was a Trump insurrectionist that did this, that they did this uh, attack over in the Capitol right now. And they go on to state earlier this person made a tweet and in their misjudgment claiming today's attack on the Capitol was done by Trump supporting insurrectionists. This wasn't the case. However, Trump and his supporters have denigrated the sanctity of the Capitol building and laid the groundwork for future attacks. If Trump supporters didn't storm the Capitol on January 6th, today's attack would have never happened. And they go on to state that Trump is responsible, Republicans are responsible, which is a insanely left-leaning ideology that the person that actually did this was not a Trump supporter. And I can go in on who that person was and what they did, but that's not yeah, so there's part of the situation here. So I was looking at the particular UCSB graduate, the the person he uh, copied, uh, Lei Li Zhang. Um, I was looking at her, or even her bio. Her bio, her bio is rather light. It only begins essentially uh, from uh, 2016. It started in July of 2016, and it just so happens that that. She was uh, 
intern at the directorate secretary. Her first experience was at Bay. Uh, she's from Beijing, China. So there you go. Uh, I'm not saying Beijing's an enormous city. I understand that, uh, but directorate secretary. What does that tell you? Um, that's probably a CCP attached uh, situation. And her, her, she's even got bullet points under that. Collected comparative companies' market information and performed analysis and preparation of IPO. Integrated and developed the financial technology professional word reference list from a uh, company's SEC filings. So, I mean, and this was, uh, she was doing this, she was, this was July through September of uh, 2016. And according to her bio- biography, this is assuming she's a real person. Uh, which we'll, we'll say she is. I think she's controlling this bot. Uh, UC Santa Barbara, Bachelor of Science, BS, Statistics and Data Science from 20... She's attended there from 2015 to 2019. She's got a Master's of Science from Yale University, 2019 to 2021. And she attended... Uh, I don't know what the Chinese translation is, but she attended something from 2012 to 2015. And she... Att- oh... So she attended Stanford University uh, for psychology and sociology in 2014, which is an interesting skill set. Because why was she there at psychology? What were the courses she took? Because psychology would be, psychology and propaganda overlap very neatly. Because uh, if you haven't realized by now, there's one particular party that uses uh, uh, psychological tactics uh, propaganda uh, almost twenty four seven, and I would I, I I think you could hazard a guess where, which side I think does that. I'm not saying both sides don't use it, but it would be like you know it's in like a ninety ten situation because if both sides were equally using propaganda, we would have a, a far worse mess than what we already do. And when I mean propaganda, I mean like literally just just throwing you know throwing haymakers at each other. Um, with regards to it, you know, just pure lies and deceit and, and, um, and like I said, it goes back to framing and, and you're trying to evoke an emotional response. Uh, I did check out this guy's, uh, so currently his account's been suspended, uh, uh, according to Twitter, um, as of this moment, which is, uh, April 4th. Um, I went into, uh, what else? So it's funny that someone uh, saved his uh, profile six times. So when they initially saved it, he had thirty. He had made a grand total of thirty. Oh, it had made a uh, grand total of thirty-four tweets. They had thirty followers and and thirty one hundred thirty-two uh, one hundred thirty-two followers and thirty following. Uh, had been re- uh, as a as this guy denoted uh, been retweeted by Bishop Talbert Swan, who is a NAACP uh, a flack. Uh, I'm going to go to the history here because I think it's a, uh, the initial save, it showed that, uh, it was quite interesting that initially he, uh, he had a background picture. It showed four, um, it showed eight, uh, people in the, the, the first four in the front, and it shows them in uh, rows by four and the front four is, you know, four women. They're all masks, but they're the front four are four women. Uh, you have a Muslim woman, you have a black woman, you have, uh, uh, probably a, a Middle Eastern uh, or Indian woman, and then you have a white girl. And the reason why this is propaganda, that picture behind him, and then the, you got this picture of this guy who's, you know, nerdy looking and he's got glasses. It's really interesting because 
then there's a save, a few, uh, uh, another save on him, and the pitcher's changed. <laughs> the the picture of the guy in the uh, is totally changed. It's so hilarious because <laughs> it's uh, you can tell how bad this is. Uh, <clears throat> and there was a tweet from him from March twenty. Well, there was a tweet from March twenty fifth. Uh, this was the first save of him, March thirty first. Uh, amusing. It's amusing that people think they can get away with racial harassment over the internet. This is disturbing. And then he's got the, the hashtag stop Asian, a, a, Asian hate. He wasn't getting enough attention because all of his, before this, this particular tweet, you know, he was getting, he would get low interaction. Uh, but it's interesting because the picture of the guy that was originally, you can tell how bad of a bot is. And I'm trying to remember, I, I, I before I get off that, so he was blue. He was he was confirmed. He was a blue check mark on that date of March thirty first, and then the picture changed of him, which is a totally different person in the the little circular bubble. And then the last uh, time this thing was saved, um, and I haven't done it again. So his uh, his most popular tweets are just so ratioed you cannot believe it. So. There's three thousand. Like is the one about the the Trump supporters didn't storm the Capitol. Yeah, thirty four, uh, thirty four hundred comments and fifty five likes. <laughs> so at least they're ratioing the hell out of them, which is good. And then you have Bishop Talbert Swan. As soon as we heard the suspect in the Capitol attack was shot dead by the police, we knew he wasn't white, as if that was that was the defining factor in the interaction. Considering he he killed an officer. And I'm sure when he rammed the car, they were, they were really concentrating, you know, in the midst of a a battle or a turmoil. Yeah, there's not a there's not a selectivity bias on based upon what the race of the person is, if you even acknowledge that. Because when your adrenaline is pumping through your veins and your heart rate is racing, you're thinking survival. You're in you're in survival mode. You're not you're not thinking about. I mean, there's pre. You're not pre. It's for they. They think that officers are premeditatedly designed to this. I'm getting off the tangent here, but the idea that that officer is premeditatively thinking about, oh, I must uh, destroy this person because of that. They're if they shoot the person, they're not shooting them because of their color. They're shooting them because of their because of the situation where they feel like they're under threat of violence, and even even if the violence is quote 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 unquote concluded. The violence in their mind hasn't concluded. They just got attacked, and 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 they they don't know what they don't know what the next move of the the person in the vehicle does. You don't know. I mean, if we were if you watch enough movies, uh, you know, the, and, and most people have watched enough movies. I mean, you ram the car. What if the person gets out and they happen to have a a, a sawed off shotgun and they pull it and they start shooting? I mean, they're not thinking. The officers aren't thinking that way. They're thinking, I got to neutralize this person. And neutralization doesn't necessarily mean that that person's going to survive. There's way too many people who think that they can they can make rational choices in the midst of an irrational situation. It's nice to that you say you say oh well they need to be trained better. Um, they go through training, but training is training training only gets you so far. I mean, you have people that are trained to be professional athletes, and yet they make some of the dumbest and most boneheaded things. And they'll say, well, that's different, and, you know, if there's a physical component, I go, yeah, and there's a physical component with this, too. There's a mentality, there's a physical component, there's a mental, there's an emotional valuation, there's 
whatever whatever preceding has uh, uh, taken place in the officers, the current events, the daily events, what's got that person, uh, you know, how that officer showed up to work, what mentality was going on inside that person's head. You're not going to know all that. There's just too many variables. The per- the 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 instant of the mo the instant of the situation requires that the person respond the best way they know how with the best resources they know how. And generally speaking, if you got a gun and you're using it, uh, you're supposed to be look aiming center of mass, and hopefully that person no longer uh, is a threat to you. So uh, the the I didn't want to get off on a tangent there, but I, I, I hate it when people like uh, like uh, uh, this bishop, somebody who titles themselves as a bishop, uh, nevertheless on uh, Easter, would make such a uh, <laughs> makes a, of course a, a loaded tweet because it, it fits his narrative. Um, going into what this guy also has in terms of the uh, so another person had reviewed reviewed this guy's uh, uh, who he follows. So, so Mr. Dr. Gilan uh, follows uh, Bishop Talbot Swan. He follows uh, <laughs> he follows the JMAA CEO of Antifa as <laughs> the name of the account uh, socials. Uh, so you get these crazy people. Joe Biden he follows he follows MSNBC. Jim Psaki, Kyle Griffin, uh, NBC News, The Washington Post, Politico. HuffPo, uh, let's see, The Hill, The New York Times, CNN, NPR, uh, Jamish Alcinder, I don't, uh, I don't know her very well, I mean, I've seen her on TV, she's on PBS, uh, Kasim uh, Rashan Esquire, uh, and Jake Tapper, of course, Jake Tapper, gotta have that in there, so that's just a, a few of the, the, few of this doctor's favorite things to follow, or uh, this China bot, let's not call it a doctor. That's that's mislabeling, misgendering. Uh, uh, we're gonna uh, go to what else is important about this guy. So I'm gonna let uh, somebody else weigh in on this, and then we'll go from there. And Doctor Jilun uh, appears to be a Chinese state media propagandist uh, in disguise as a medical doctor. How do I even know that this individual is actually a real physician? We've had, I mean, this isn't uncommon, by the way. Uh, it's not just China that does it. I remember when the Air Force uh, was revealed to have like 10,000 troll sock accounts on Facebook of all places. That was back in like 2008 or something like that. I remember talking about it at the time. Uh, this st- stuff happens all the time. But we only see one single group. Out of all of the groups that we've seen, only one particular political block has ever been like live fact-checked, shuttered out, banned, and so forth for what could arguably be propaganda, and that's the populists. Not, not Chinese communists, not liberals, not rhinos, not even really libertarians for the most part, sometimes attended to you know, maybe more quasi-populistic economic beliefs, not uh, the Russian government, the Iranians, or anything like that, only, only like the Trump crowd. If something is said and it's not 100% absolute gospel truth, their necks get breathed down. For every other group, it's basically ignored. This is a very, very strange case. Maybe people with more time on their hands can perhaps look into this. Because, again, uh, this is obvious. I mean, it's obviously at least adjacent to Chinese state media. And you've got a verified user, which Twitter has an official process for this, who's only got 350 followers. That's pretty uncommon. 
Most of the time, it's people who are simply notable. You know, someone with a large audience on one or more websites, they got a brand, they got a publishing house or a restaurant or something. This dude's just, arguably, if he exists at all, is a doctor. Well, why would you need to fucking verify him? It doesn't even make sense. That's about Yeah, why would you need to verify him at all? So, at one point on Twitter, back in <laughs> January, well, as of uh, late December, I had about 2,500... Uh, uh, followers on on twitter and about you know i followed about three or four thousand accounts so i wasn't really a big count or anything but i was multiple times over um i guess you could say more connected than this guy this clown was and yet this person's verified and i can never i never attempted to seek verification on twitter i'd never cared uh, but as of uh, when the when the the January sixth uh, events went down and January eighth became was uh, I think it was a Friday, so that Friday became the I call it the the, the declared war on on uh, conservatives or people who actually think for themselves I guess not just conservatives so libertarians there was a declared war on Twitter where they they did wholesale uh, suspensions and erasures of, of people's accounts. I wasn't one of them. I I voluntarily closed my account on January 11th uh, because I you know I said I'm not going to spend any more time on this platform if they're getting rid of the people that I think are worth listening to, or people even connected to people that I thought were worth listening to. So there there's a whole there's a whole uh, thing going on here, and this has been going on for actually it's been going on since the start of the pan- pandemic. And we'll get into that right now uh, because I think it's important for us to realize that you know this is this has been an ongoing uh, uh, push um, and it's being directed uh, in some respects by Beijing. Um, so I had written this. This is actually uh, I, this was published. I mean, the, the, this part of this book had been published probably as early as October of last year, but uh, the I've linked in the description. To this, this is uh, from my book uh, that I've written on uh, this current situation. But I'll I'll read about a page, page and a half of this, and you'll understand where I'm going with it eventually. The most in-depth look at this propaganda campaign was compiled by attorney Michael P. Singer in an article called China's Global Lockdown Propaganda Campaign. From the outset, the suppression of people was born out of a hint of truth. China, uh, China in, a, in a course of a month, under the edicts of uh, Xi's Fang, uh, Vangong policy, moved to lockdown 57 million people in Hubei province. Such an unconstitutional lockdown that even the New York Times reported on it, citing James G. Hodge Jr., who was the executive director of the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Professor Hodge is now attached to Arizona State's Sandra Day O'Connor's College of Law. The Times noted a a historical Italian connection, Quarantina Gianora, meaning 40 days, while citing uh, Hodge thereafter regarding the legality, seeing both the effectiveness narrative and how the lockstep method is done. Quote, Professor Hodge said quarantines could be effective if they selectively isolate only those who have been infected or suspected of infection. The response in Wuhan with the establishment of a cordon uh, sanitaria type uh, boundary goes much further than that. Quarantine would be saying, you can't leave your home, can't go to a school, work, or church, he said. 
but the Chinese authorities have drawn a line around this city and said no one in or out. That type of thing is obviously an excessive response. Such excessive responses became an option in parts of the United States to assure maximum suffering for the population, with politicians divorcing themselves from science, logic, and legal ramification. A well-oiled propaganda machine was needed to sell this proposition, and the American media readily, readily followed China's bots in lockstep to do this. As Singer continued, in late January, China leaked out to the U.S. social media empire, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the Fangong theatrics and operations to play on the fears of the Karen in the United States. One such hysterical Karen was an epidemiologist and health economist who was posted at Harvard and did his education at John Hopkins in Harvard as his, and is a Biden supporter. Dr. Eric Fingolding, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, I, I, I'm guessing at that Fingolding, beat Neil Ferguson to the punch on the creation of the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic fear by nearly two months. From his January 25th tweet thread to interviews on CNN to ABC News, Ding stated on Twitter, The sugar-goated facts go to other outlets for those. I'm just here to share all the verified facts. Unquote. His growth from a couple of thousand followers to over a quarter of a million on Twitter means his popularity has appealed to the echo chamber Twitter is well known to be. His amplification drew biting criticism from a renowned epidemiologist we mentioned before, Dr. Mark Lipstitch. Lipstitch tweeted on March 19th, Okay, lots of people think this is an intramural tiff, in the sense that we have been working, quote, at uh, CCDD underscore HSPSH for a decade and at Harvard Ebby for 25 years to establish ID epidemiology as a field of excellence and we don't like a charlatan exploiting a tenuous connection for self-promotion. Yes. Dr. Fingal Ding later deleted his most popular tweet. Threader application captured his hyperbole uh, below. His most recent tweets included Gates Foundation and the Global Fund. Dr. Lipschitz, evidently in response to Fingelding's text, responded, Leave me alone, unquote. Meanwhile, his friends with New Jersey Gov- uh, Meanwhile, he made friends with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, who called him a renowned epidemiologist, and of course Eric retweeted his high praise. Yeah, you know, see the above example is merely one guy with an outsized platform piggybacking off Harvard's reputation. The Singer expose details a far greater expanded role of the China propaganda machine, noted that within China, the CCP has long paid hundreds of thousands of social media propagandists and also pays for posts on a a la carte basis, totaling hundreds of millions of propaganda comments each year. More recently, these activities have gone global and escalated dramatically during the coronavirus pandemic. Social media companies have proven somewhat unserious about the gravity of the problem when the State Department provided a sample of 250,000 accounts likely involved in the coronavirus disinformation. Twitter refused to take action. Those activities affect countries with little say in social media governance. governance. A recent study found that thousands of inauthentic accounts still promoting Serbian-Chinese friendship after Twitter deleted thousands of others. A former Facebook employee wrote, 
I have blood on my hands due to the company's routinely discounting malicious political activity despite its disproportionate, disproportionate impact. So there's a that's a, a sample from that. And uh, uh, his uh, most famous tweet is uh, read like this. Holy mother of God, the new coronavirus is at 3.8. That's the r naught. Uh, how bad is the reproductive r naught value? Is a thermonuclear pandemic level pad? Never seen an actual virality coefficient outside of Twitter in my entire career. I am not exaggerating. <laughs> His uh, second tweet. We estimate the basic reproductive number of the infection are not to be 3.8, 95% confidence uh, interval of 3.6 to 4.0, indicating that 72 to 75% of the transmissions must be prevented by controlled measures for infection to stop increasing. <clears throat> we estimated that only 5.1%, 95% confidence interval again, of infections in Wuhan are identified. And by, tw a January, by 21st January, a total of 11,341 people, prediction interval, and then he has that uh, number, has been infected in Wuhan since the start of this the year. Should the epidemic continue unabated in Wuhan, we predict the epidemic in Wuhan will be substantially larger, larger by uh, the February 4th at 191,529 infections. Infections will be established in other cities and importations to other countries will be more frequent. Our models suggest that. And I'm going to stop reading. But uh, but as of, I think it was last October, I think uh, China China's grand total was like 85,000 infections. So they could pat themselves on the back and, and say how great and wonderful they were to handle this. And we know their numbers are all bullshit. Anybody, anybody who's dealt with anything related to China knows that you can't believe any number they give you in terms of economic growth or, or how they treat people or how many people they have locked up. They don't, they're, 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 they, everything they base their entire uh, messaging on is a lie. And they've infected our our mainstream media to promote lies, no matter what. As much as you can complain about, you know, various messengers in terms of D.C. and whatnot, and we can relate it back to Biden or Trump or whoever you want to concentrate on. Um, this is a they 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 are a master class in how to propagandize, and more to the point, they use Twitter and Facebook. And whatnot to get get ahead. So I'm gonna go back to this uh, first uh, um, uh, narrator. His name is uh, his uh, YouTube channel is called Decoy Voice. I think I should give him a, a shout out for that. I've included a link in the description to his video. And yeah, my voice is kind of tired today, so we'll see what I can do to wrap this up within the next 15 to 20 minutes. That's not what this video is about because it's actually the opposite of a Trump supporter that did this horrendous crime over the Capitol, but. Right here, you have someone that is a fake account, a materialized person, got endorsed by Twitter saying this is a real person and they actually are who they are and they should be taken more serious than a random account with an anime avatar as their profile picture. They try to make a person to perpetuate a dialogue of Trump insurrectionists or the worst thing in the world to get people to start to think, oh, wow, this is a huge thing. We should be concerned about this because Trump's responsible and Republicans are responsible. We can blame them. It's insane that this is what Twitter allows on that platform. Nay, not just allows, but promotes and tries to make 
to try to substantiate their claims by giving them a, a check mark when they are just, we don't even know who this person is. So reading on, it talks about how Elijah Schaefer, who is one of the first people to recognize this, along with uh, Real Saavedra, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but he talks about how this was a new account created in March 2021, had less than 200 followers, was already verified by Twitter, and uses the platform just to spread misinformation and just pushes anti-Trump and anti-white narratives. Does anyone find this suspicious? Big tech is in on this. How many more are like this? Which is the idea that this was the the... The not so well implemented per way of saying, hey, look, we have this person that is just, it's too new, it's too green, and they probably should have given this person more of a background before having them make such bold statements online. But the idea that how many more accounts are just like this that are pushing this misinformation, because I know on my YouTube account, at least, that I've said this before, where I get a very particular uh, criticism and suggestion and it's almost robotic in the way that I see it's the criticism and then the suggestion and it's almost like some bot wrote that statement and right clicked and said add synonym and tried to very very like slightly adjust the comments so it doesn't look like just spam or just a uh, repeated comment over and over and I'm like that has to be a bot. There's no way that we have this many accounts online that watch me in the first five minutes of me posting a video and it just says, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And it's like, no, there, there are bot accounts and I'm well aware of that. And the idea that now we have confirmation of entirely materialized people. And Elijah Schaefer also goes on to say that, hey, this account mostly follows Biden admin accounts and CNN, NPR, MSN affiliates and journalists. This is the next stage of big tech propaganda, creating fake influencers to control conversations. Unlike bots, those pe these people are being verified by the tech companies. It's dangerous. And the account suddenly deleted their profile and their profile picture. And then they also say that they just came in a few weeks ago and they're pro-Chinese propaganda posts praising the Communist Party and their help with vaccines. So this is very obviously not a real person, in my opinion. And they talk about how the first post from Ian Miles Chong pointing out the idea that they talk about how uh, Xinjiang uh, modernized the cities, built 21 airports and 1.2 billion in the last five years. Just just patting them on the back right now. Marina Medvin talks about how why is Twitter giving a Chinese propaganda account that started days ago with no followers, a blue check? What's happening on Twitter? What is happening over there and why are they promoting this? And it's the idea that Elijah Schaefer just says, hey, he just exposed a Twitter sanctioning a fake verified influencer to spread misinformation to America and de benefit the Democrat agenda. The project appears to be connected to the CCP and has evidence that Biden admin could be connected. Now, here's the thing. Is, this is where they lose me. I understand that he came across something major to me because it's proving that they're, they're endorsing these accounts. But I don't know if Biden is involved with this. We can't make that giant jump because that's where people start to lose credibility, where they see something small, try to extrapolate it to be something larger and a huge, like, theory of lizard people or whatever. And it's like, to get the majority of people down the middle, you can't pitch out these ideas and stuff. If something gets confirmed and you start to think about it, yes, we can start saying that this is attached, but I'm not willing to go that far right now, but some... And that's true. I'll even concede that. That's... that's there. I think the hypothetical that could be made there is... And this... Um, I'll try to... Like I said, I think he makes an accurate statement that it, it, it's, it's a data point. That's That's where we're at. It's a data point. Um, it wouldn't be unusual, uh, considering that the number of connections that Biden has back to the CCP and his conversations with Xi Jinping, 
and the fact that he wants to uh, set the narrative or his administration, let's be clear, his administration. Biden Biden knows probably barely enough to, to get by it through his day-to-day operations, but the people around him are trying to set a narrative so that they can um, implement policy that are going to con- completely transform the United States of America. They're on they're on paper with this. They've written this out. This isn't uh, this isn't con- conjecture. I think Mark Le- Mark Levin uh, from my prior podcast. I forgot his last name. Mark Levin was uh, talking about how if you look at the Biden uh, Sanders manifesto, it's like 135 pages. They're implementing it line by line. They're going through it. And one of the things they want to go after is guns. Uh, they want to implement this H.R. Uh, 1, which is a total a voter uh, overhaul, which will make federalize all elections and make it basically impossible for anybody, anybody that isn't a Democrat to get elected because the cities will control everything and they will they will cheat and destroy. There's, they don't want any voter ID. They want to have all kinds of mail-in ballots, and they want to make it so it's almost impossible to verify. They want to, Here's the funny thing. People in big tech would talk about all this. Uh, we want to put in great systems, and we want to have you know robust systems and all this other kind of stuff. But yet they want to they, they promote uh, mail-in balloting and unverified uh, voter uh, registrations and IDs and voter voter IDs. Well, they can be faked. They go, yeah, and you're you're faking, and and you're actually like this is a primary example. You got people like Twitter and Facebook also that will will promote and or uh, uh, what would you say take money or verify a person's account irrespective of the fact that they 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 barely have any uh i guess you could say platforming to to show they are who they say they are so i mean much like voting it's like if you're just going to take in random mail-in votes which can be manipulated you don't have any you have no chain of custody uh, from the person who the, the reason why you vote in person is if you have an actual person uh, uh, verify that the person is who they are they have an ID you can look at them you can look at their address you can match up the address of what they they registered to vote with you know it, it, it it's you have three data points there and I'm just using voting for example so you have the actual person themselves in front of you you have the their their uh, if they somehow through whatever means whether it be the dmv or online because you can vote you can uh, register online and everybody knows where the internet is this isn't this isn't this isn't a uh, uh, obstacle you can go to the uh, any local public library and i did for years when i was not in in a good amount i didn't have uh, access to the internet i used to go to the lowell, lowell public library in, in lowell indiana and could do research. I could download. I could access government information. I I established. As a matter of fact, I established my LLC uh, for Deep Centerfield Press, which is my uh, brand. Which you know may not be much to anybody, but it, it is what it is. I established it on March 18th of 2010. I still know what date I did. I established it, and I used uh, the Lowell Public Library to do it. I didn't have internet access at home, so for anyone to tell me that they can't. B- Managed to uh, manage to uh, do that, and to the third point. So you have a registration, then you produce a government issued identification, a driver's license, a passport, or something. But generally speaking, if it's a driver's license, it would have your address. 
and if the address matches your address of when you online and then you show up in person those are three connecting dots it's about as good as you're going to get that can the system be beat obviously yes it can be beat but the thing is, is you only get to vote once and that address gets marked off the list and there's a way to cross verify things it's you know this is what america should be this is what we're supposed to be about if you want to pretend that uh there's some kind of suppression there you know, all you're doing is pushing a, a false narrative you're pushing pushing this air uh, you're pushing a very uh, disabling uh narrative that people are incapable of registering to vote and oh by the way if they are that incapable of voting and if they're that incapable of showing up in person and you know yes things can happen to a person those are low probability instances those are extreme circumstances that's why there are certain states where you can do things from home or have somebody do there there's ways to do that there's voting in nursing homes and etc etc there's a host of things that are continue there's contingency plans to be made and we can do those things this is for the 99 percent of the population that doesn't have any constraints on that or even more than 99 percent like 99.5 you know 95.8 there's probably about one or two voters in a thousand out of a mixture now i know elections are close and everybody can make that argument but the <laughs> the whole point of an election is that there's always going to be something that's going to be imperfect and the fact is is you know we've always heard the heard the phrase don't let perfect be the enemy of good and we can get to better we can get to a much better system but they don't want a better system they want a they want a system that they can exploit at least if you're in power I mean, that's what the Democrats have done. That's the reason why they're pushing so hard on all these vectors. Uh, the House one uh, uh, regarding to H.R. Uh, uh, 1, I think it's H.R. 5, and a bunch of other bills that they're trying to push through. They're trying to ramrod this stuff through the hardest left they can possibly go. Not because they have a mandate. They do not. But they're trying to do it while they keep us busy and occupied with immigration prices, uh, immigration crisis vaccine and passports and all this other stuff those are those are very strong diversionary tactics while they go ahead and try to terraform this united states of america and let's face it i have distinct i have even a, i have a conspiracy theorist that says that the ccp have infiltrated so deeply into the democratic party that they they can't uh, be trusted to do anything in other words i, I my per personal thought is between the the fact that I know uh, Eric uh, Swalwell <laughs> slept with a CCP spy, Diane Feinstein had a CCP driver for twenty years. Uh, those those are two data points, and Mitch McConnell's uh, wife is you know knows the the former CCP uh, general secretary. Those things start to trigger lots of bells and uh, sets off lots of alarms in my head. And then I know I know enough to know about the me mainstream media narrative and how they're pushing. Now they're pushing this anti, uh, you know, they're pushing the the white supremacy narrative for the Bidens and Nancy Pelosi's pushing that narrative. And I'm thinking, hmm, something tells me that there's a lot more going on here, and and then then people are willing to admit. And yet the 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 thing is, is by in the time it takes for us to verify all these things. 
It would really be helpful if we had the Department of Justice actually doing their damn job and going out and actually doing something against this. The fact that they, they will waste tons of assets going after like Matt Gates so much so, and I'll bring him up just as, uh, momentarily. Were they setting him up? I, I There's a lot of information out there that seems to appear that they were trying to set him up for a blackmail scheme. But they may have been basing it on, they purposely were basing it on false premise. I mean, they can do this with anybody. They can come to you. So a person comes to your front door and they say, you know, you got this problem. And you're like, what problem? Yeah, you know, there's this information that says you uh, did this with this person. And, uh, you you know, that's against the law. And, and you're like, you know, you're surprised and shocked. And you're thinking, who's saying this about me? And you're a very important person. In this case, it was his father, and it was and it was an, a former DOJ official that was broaching this with this uh, with his father, and said, you know, I can make your problem go away for X amount of money, and 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 of course, if you're the father, you're like, okay, A, and where do you get off trying to exploit me and offer something? It's a why would you why would you want me to pay? See, they were wanting them payment because obviously, if they if you make the payment, even if you even if you have no idea of the veracity of the claim, then you're guilty. And of course, if you don't make the payment, then they can then of course it was in their in their purview. This particular person, his name was uh, I think David McGee, released the information to the New York Times, who the New York Times are just communist. And they have no problem publishing it in in the uh, in the you know the paper. Now, granted, you know, is there smoke behind it? Here's the thing: I have I I don't know. I haven't heard I haven't heard the person's name. They they have this 17 year old girl that they keep on mentioning. Okay, 17 or 19 or whatever her age is now. Who is she? Does she have a name? Because until she has a name, and I see a corporal, uh, you know, what they say, habeas corpus produced the body. Until you produce a human being who actually makes the claim directly on, on TV or goes to the court and, and, and swears an affidavit saying that, you know, X, Y, and Z did this. I'm tired of this BS where people are smearing people in the media and then people just jump on it and say, yeah, this is the truth. Now, granted, you can say the same thing about Eric Swawa, but see, there's no repercussions. I don't see repercussions ever coming to the Democratic Party for anything to do. The one time I've that it's been ages. The one time it seems to have happened was with Al Franken, for whatever reason, which was kind of ridiculous because um, that too was kind of kind of shady. But he isn't the only one. There's there's other Democrats that have been caught with their hands in a cookie jar. I think a guy in Michigan, I forget what his name was. He's like 80 years old. He retired. I think he was a representative up there, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. So yeah, there. They, I would say there have been uh, small instances, but the Democrats are very good at throwing around sexual allegations. It plays to their base because, for whatever reason, they 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 love to focus on sex. They love to fo- uh, uh, sexual uh, misdeeds. If they can come come up with one, they'll they'll do it for anybody. I mean, we know that it's selling it's selling scandals because scandals sell. Saying that scandals uh, smear and make, uh, uh, you know, in and, mo- and like the, you know, we've all heard the phrase, you know, accuse your enemy of what you you yourself are doing. So it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to do that. 
And now I, I know I've gotten way off topic here, but uh, the the point here I think is that we've uh, we have these people making all kinds of uh, mis uh, saying all kinds of things, and then when you track them down or find out who they are, and you find out where they come from, you find uh, a lot of uh, uh, you find a lot of holes. And you find out who once once you find that uh, you know I know they used to say don't you're not supposed to destroy the messenger, but but when you find out that the messenger is being sent by your enemy, uh, yeah you ought to you ought to be kind of worried about that. You should be you should be interested in who your enemy is and what he's trying to do to you, and and in particular, especially if they're sent by the Chinese Communist Party, you should probably be paying attention because. They're not doing it just for no reason. They're doing it because they want to get at us. Uh, they want to destroy the United States of America. So I'll play out with this guy, and then we'll go from there. Something did happen. We did uncover something, and big tech is involved on pushing Democrat agenda agendas. And at what point in time can conservatives or moderates or people that are just not politically affiliated like myself just start to realize, hey, this is a thing where why can't we talk about stuff? Why is the whole narrative pushed a particular way? If you have an idea that's not the officially MSM approved message, you get banned online. And it's like this is the start of that. And people are just starting to notice it and get banned for noticing it. Because you see this over here from Ian Miles Chong talking about how the Capitol Hill attacker, his Facebook page was deleted right after the news came out of who they were because the information about that person didn't quite fit the uh, the MSM's agenda of saying, hey, it was a Trump insurrectionist because he was quite the opposite. But Facebook went out and left a, uh, dropped a official statement as to why they deleted his profile page and says, after the horrific event, our thoughts are with the Capitol Police and their loved ones. We have designated the incident under the dangerous individuals and organizations policy, which means we remove the suspect's account from Facebook and Instagram and are removing any content that praises, supports, or represents the attack or the suspect. We are in contact with law enforcement as they conduct their investigation. So it does seem to have a a good stance on it. Like, we understand why they would get it because it's either going to endorse... So... Here's what what here's another partnership that that kind of should trouble you is to get this idea that this big tech uh, these big tech they're supposed to be platforms but they're publishers because they're editing their content. We know that nobody should. There's really hardly any argument there that says that they aren't are editing their content full with. If you're just a platform and you tell everybody your platform and you don't you let everybody just let everything go for the wild wild west except for things that are obviously illegal like direct threats and obviously uh, pornography and child porn and all that kind of stuff those things should be obviously taken care of but for the most part for the most part the night for the the most pe people have certain a certain level of speech things uh, speech um, protections if they want to operate in that particular level okay they should operate as publishers but the fact is is they're operating as a uh, um, uh, I mean the platform. The platform they should operate as platforms. Instead, they're operating as publishers. But moreover, they're operating as go-betweens for law enforcement. Now, if law enforcement wants to do their job on these platforms, that's all well and good. But it sounds like to me, in in, in that particular statement there, that Facebook is uh, Facebook, and I'm, I'm sure Twitter does too. They're they're uh, they have probably. A nice little cell of people 
that their whole objective is is to find somebody that they can uh, send your information to the FBI or the DOJ in case they aren't already getting all your information to begin with. But what does that tell you? It means that they're never going uh, that, that, that once once power has been given, power is rarely relinquished. The the this uh, corporate fascism on on the media side is is getting more and more visible more and more pronounced more and more easily identifiable and again identifiable to every incident now i don't care what facebook or twitter or linkedin by the way have to say i've i've been on linkedin too where they uh, you know like i said we we went to the profile there i've been on linkedin and there were people that have been censored off that platform i remember i i was uh uh, connected to a lady, uh, uh, she was a somebody who had been uh, was working for uh, Taiwan. She posted uh, frequently about Taiwan issues and rights and and what she wanted, uh, you know, accomplished there. She was very pro pro Taiwanese from Taiwan and very anti Beijing. Uh, she made her stances known, and you know, if people want to interact, she even even had a she even had a unique little. Uh, uh, way of doing it, which could have mean that she could have been operating as a bot, but I've seen her, I saw her, uh, her she had a website of some sort, but, uh, you know, she expected that if you, you, uh, you must like her, uh, <laughs> like her, like her post or else she would block you, but at least she, at least she put that out there, uh, you know, if you shared it, uh, so that way, you know, that's a way to control the narrative too, um, I just, you know, I just followed her to see what she what she would post, and it was interesting just because at least she was po- posting informative articles. She didn't do a lot of editorializing she like I would do, per se. She was doing a lot of just straight up, here's an article posted by, uh, um, you know, a, Jap- a Japan outlet. Uh, I forget which, which one in particular. Uh, their media regarding Taiwanese uh, relations with Beijing or whatnot. And that was important, you know. It was something that I wouldn't see in our own mainstream media. I mean, granted, you can go to all these websites and you can have, you know, you can you can focus on the entire world. You could spend 24-7 trying to gather all the media together because there's always something going on. I mean, you know, just a sheer amount of, just take the number of obituaries per day you would have to write. There's over 200,000 people that die on this planet every single day. I mean, it... It, 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 it it's something to be said to to remember that that this this uh this planet is always there's people leaving this planet there's people coming onto this planet in terms of being birthed um you know on the day of easter we should take that into account that uh you know uh the the ability to rise again you know like uh you know rise from the ashes and ascend to heaven but in this case the idea is, is that this this planet is always ever morphing, ever changing, and there's always something going on. And the funny thing is, is we have people that are so uh, so stuck in this paradigm that they think they should be able to change the planet their, to their way of thinking, and they think they can overcome what's going on on a regular basis in this planet uh, through totalitarian control. They want totalitarian control over 7.8 billion plus people on this planet. They want all of us to march to their lockstep, accept their propaganda forthwith, accept every lie that they tell us, forget our past, forget what we've learned, forget anything that we've been told, 
uh, to evolve into this transhumanism that they keep on pr uh, promulgating out there as a narrative to say that we can become such better people. You know, if you just give us the reins of control, we'll we'll make your lives better. You'll be able to own nothing and be happy. Has that ever worked in human history? Many people like to sell you the biggest, you know, the idea of over-promising and under-delivering. This is what we're living through right now. We have people that are, I mean, Biden, they, 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 they want to spend trillions of dollars on stuff. Well, the money doesn't come from nowhere. And the money and the, the money comes from productivity. And if you don't have the productivity behind it, uh, you're just you're just inflating you're inflating our currency away. They're trying to inflate away the debt debt. But I don't know whether that's even <laughs> it's ridiculous because you're never going to actually achieve what what they're trying to do. They're going to bankrupt this country. And that, I, honestly, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do that so that then they there's there's been this uh, stuff going on in the background from like Jerome Powell. They've been trying to set up this new uh, currency to go along with the new the great reset and this uh, build back better, which isn't build back better. It's build back. It sounds like it's build back racist because that's exactly the way they seem to keep on trying to push that narrative because they want everybody to they want to divide and conquer us uh, as a, a country as a uh, as a country uh, to try to tear down what was once a, a very vibrant and, and, and actually a very uh, a melting pot of people and ideas that were willing to to haggle and discuss those things. I don't really have anything problem problematic with, of uh, with certain uh, certain parts of uh, liberal uh, liberalism or liberal ideas. Uh, you know, I didn't become a conservative overnight, and I didn't. Uh, I, it's been a trek to get to uh, more of a conserv conserving what is important to a nation or a country. I don't want to call it na na nation. Kind of implies a centralization. It's a country. It's a country with a lot of variety and views, and we should like it that way. We should like there. We should like that you can go to a different state and see different things, and and yet be connected to it by the people. I mean, that's been the beauty of this country, the beauty of its uh, uh, um, uh, uh, to do that. But we there is still a mechanism, uh, uh, a beauty that we should hang on to uh, with how our country works and the, the republic that we're trying to hold together. And we have people that are in Washington, D.C. that are willing to tear all of it down because that's just the way they do. That's just the way they roll. Um, I don't know what the future holds for many of us, but uh, uh, hang in there. Uh, we're going to leave it at that. I hope you enjoy your Easter. And I, God bless America. God bless the United States of America. Uh, and uh, have a happy Easter.